Welcome back to Next Wealth Insights. My name is Heather Hopkins, Managing Director of Next Wealth. You're about to hear a talk that Alistair Walker, Chartered Financial Planner and Managing Director of at Handford Aitkenhead and Walker, gave at Next Wealth Live in March. He talks us through a financial review document that he's put together that simplifies and clarifies based on what actions the client needs to take, really delivering meaning to that customer in that review document. Now, you obviously won't be able to see the document. You can watch the video on our website, um, but Alistair does a pretty good job of explaining what you're looking at. So I think I think you'll be able to follow along. Before we get onto the, onto the history, uh, I don't think it would be right to have a, a session this morning without talking about ChatGPT. It feels like the, you know, the topic of the day. Um, my my favourite story about ChatGPT was a friend of mine who's a financial planner who manages to be even geekier than I am, which I find quite impressive. And he, he um, in the space of 10 minutes, he wrote a model portfolio-based fund instruction uh, given robo-advice risk-profiled flow for a potential client and then got ChatGPT to write it in HTML for him so we could put it on a website. So if you're sitting here thinking we're not under threat in terms of business model, just give that some thought, let it sink in, because I was pretty shocked when, uh, when he showed me that. Anyway, that's my, uh, my ChatGPT link. So when I think about connecting, now that I've got the memo, my interest as a financial planner, and we're a small financial planning business, we deal with around 300 client couples, and I think our job is to connect them to what's important, to their outcomes, to their, what I would call their human objectives. So there's this classic thing about, like, we need to know clients' objectives, and it's like, right, then in the objective, it needs to be 300 pounds into a pension, or it needs to be, uh, I, I don't know, open an ISA, open a junior ISA for the kids. Those aren't objectives. They're certainly not human objectives. They are... Uh, processes, procedures that people go through. So I'm more interested in getting to what their human objectives are. What do they want to achieve? Um, I think someone earlier said that, that people don't come to these processes with goals. Uh, and I would politely disagree, which I'm reasonably good at disagreeing, you might notice, um, and say that people don't know what their goals are, but they do have them. Uh, and part of our job as planners is just to really dig down and get there. But that's not what this is about, so we'll get back on topic. Okay, financial planning reviews. So I, I looked back at our file server, which goes back about 12 years, and I found this really nice little bit of history. This was 2013. I think I joined the business two years ago, and this was mostly what I was doing. We wrote an eight-page financial planning review document. We didn't call it that at the time, because it wasn't a financial planning review. It was mostly a load of pros about investment funds. So the investment fund houses in the, in the room might find that interesting. Uh, I reckon we did one page of what I'd call intuitive financial planning, which was getting to grips with what the clients wanted, thinking about how we could help them, and then we wrote seven pages of this kind of stuff about investments. That's what we thought clients wanted. I'm not sure we'd ask them, but we, we thought we'd give it a go. So hopefully that is history, and hopefully no one else's financial planning reviews or, or annual reviews look like this today. Uh, if they do, come and talk to me afterwards, please. I'm interested. <laughs> so in about 2015, I had, a, I had a light bulb moment. This is an old-fashioned light bulb. I meant to do that because there's two of these. Um, and I thought, maybe this isn't what clients want. And I started hearing about 
goals and objectives and financial planning and I went and watched some people speak at conferences and I, I thought about how we could help and, and I discovered Voyant, which for a massive geek was amazing. It was like this piece of tech I could chuck loads of numbers into and common sense would come out. It was brilliant. It also proved to us that, that a lot of our assumptions about what was right for clients turned out to be wrong. So that was a bit, um, sort of uh, gave us a bit of humility. Uh, and so our first sort of iteration of financial planning reviews looked like this. And I think that quite a few financial planners that I speak to have review processes that look a bit like this too. We loved charts and we loved tables and we wanted to talk about planning and we wanted to talk about objectives. And, and did I mention we love charts? Because we really did. The financial planning charts, talk about them in, in meetings all the time. You'll have seen some of these before, no doubt. Um, other, other financial planning software is available. Uh, but for all of that passion and input and process that we followed, this kept happening. Suddenly, the financial planning report was at least 15 pages long. I think I actually picked a short one when I took that screenshot. Um, we had a list of important documents, except it was like at least five documents long. Which one's important? I'm not sure. I'm genuinely not looking back at that. Um, and the pile of paperwork was basically what we were providing our clients with every year. Once a year, here you go, here's this massive load of paperwork after our nice review meeting. So something needed to change. Light bulb moment number two, slightly more modern light bulb for the observant people in the room. Um, this really came from something that Brett Davidson said uh, at some talk like this that, that, that I, I watched him talk about. And he said that the highest point of a uh, client financial planner interaction is the moment they leave the room after their annual review. Because you've, it's a little bit like going to see a... Uh, not, that, not that we're homeopaths, please don't, don't take this the wrong way, but people like seeing homeopaths, even though mostly they know they don't actually do anything. And the reason that they like it is that someone who presents a bit like a doctor has sat with them for an hour and listened to them, and okay, they get this bit of water that's apparently once seen something that might help them, and then they walk off and they're happy. But it was actually that hour of attention, it was that sitting down, that listening, that asking uh, sort of you know, challenging but constructive questions about what they want to get out of the next year or the next five years, the next ten years. So that's the high point of the relationship. Brett's point here, if you've ever met Brett, he swore a bit more about it than I do. Um, but his point was everything we do afterwards, after that moment, reduces that client relationship. Everything we send, everything we ask them to do, everything we follow up on, it makes that worse. So what did we have to do? Well, this is the outcome. This is the entirety of our annual financial planning review at this stage. This is, it's not always five pages. Usually it's around five pages. It has one real human-written digest of our hours conversation, what we thought was important, what we thought was interesting, and that is written by the planner, by a human being. I mean, maybe ChatGPT could write it. We could give it a go. Um, followed by four pages of what we think are the important things that will move the needle for their outcomes, for the things that matter to clients. Because in this sort of uh, back and forth with expanding out our financial planning stuff, we were getting really excited about inputs and processes and how we could help. And, and, and you, then you kind of have this realisation that clients don't care about the inputs or the process, because that's kind of what they're paying us to do. It's our job to care about all of that stuff. They just want to know what matters to them. And I think this is closer than it was before. It's definitely not the finished product. Um, Heather, ever politely, did tell me it was a bit ugly. It's just nicer than that, but it is a bit ugly. Um, 
But what it does and, uh, and what it's resulted in is uh, I've never, <laughs> before this time, I've never had a client ring me up and spend 15 minutes on the phone telling me how amazing something we sent them was. That happened the other week when I sent this to a client, uh, which is nice. Our test um, is, is of whether this is successful. We very often deal with a client couple. Very often one member of that couple is the person that engages with us. And the other, the other member of the couple tends to dutifully come along every year and sit and you know, have a coffee and have a chat, but never really engages. And so we've set ourselves a test of, of saying to both people in the room, look, it's, I need to know that you both get out of this what, what you need. So could you, could you please both feedback? It'd be really useful. Um, and the feedback's been really positive. Universally, we have engaged more with the people that are, that are disengaged uh, and the people that were previously pretty engaged are, are happy to. Uh, the other thing that, that really um, uh, sort of makes me proud of this is the last page, which is just a nice big white space action plan, bottom right. You know, it's just what needs to be done, by who and when. So that's stuff we need to do, it's stuff they need to do, and it's a section for notes. That's the bit the clients like the most. So um, what lessons did we learn from it? Well, the, first of all, feedback's really important. So up until this point, we were mostly just guessing about what clients wanted. Uh, this was the result of working with 10 or 15 of a sort of stratified sample of our clients, of our 300, and, and getting their feedback. I've made this number up, but it sounds good, doesn't it? Less than 5% read more than 50% of the stuff we send out to them. Feels right? Yeah, okay, good made-up stat. Um, I, I had to keep thinking about that, that old phrase about writing a shorter letter, if only we'd had the time. We had to put the time into this to make it shorter, to make it more succinct. This was the hardest one for me. You have to be prepared to kill your sacred cows. I really, really like those financial planning reports. I couldn't understand why someone wouldn't want to read a nice foyant output with like the bars and the colors and the charts. And, and I went to the five clients I thought were most likely to tell me that they wanted to read those. And all of them said, you can drop that, but we don't. we're not interested. We like it in the room. We like it when we're talking. We don't need to read it afterwards. That's your, that's your problem. It's your job. So be prepared to kill your sacred cows. And there's always more to do. I don't think in five years I'll come and talk to you about this being uh, in, a, in a form that it is. At the moment, it mostly goes out via PDF um, across a, a client portal. I'd really like to bring it off the page a little bit. We have to be conscious of need for accessibility and all that sort of thing. The nice thing about this is it posts well as well if we need to. Um, but there's always more to do. And I think uh, in, in what we do, and I think I'm sort of in a room of kindred spirits here, standing still is going backwards, right? So... We've just got to keep thinking, keep challenging, keep moving forward. And those are my lessons learned. Thank you. I love what Alistair is doing in his business. I mean, he talked about this Discord group he's put together to, you know, engage everyday people in financial services and financial advice and, you know, every day, but how many people are on Discord? Well, a huge number based on the response he's getting. He's made a really, really interesting shift within his business. I mean, he did acknowledge that I said it wasn't the nicest looking of documents. Yes. I think. <laughs> you out on that didn't he but you know I learned you can you can tell Alistair his his baby is ugly because it's it's not the nicest it is about to go through a design process um but but what a great document to think through from the customer's perspective what matters to this individual because that's going to be different for everybody how do you simplify that to to really deliver to them what what do I have 
how am I doing against my plan and what action do I need to take? I mean, how fantastic is that? Uh, he was great. And another delivery with passion. Um, he was exactly the same. Um, I thought that presentation was fascinating too. Um, and a couple of points that I thought while I was listening back is, um, so there was some real time spent by Alistair in reviewing that process that they had with a view to making it better and I think he mentioned 60 pages at, at first and how um, he did make me laugh because um, I resonated with it quite a bit that um, why doesn't clients really like the charts and you know we invest in some of these systems um, to help us with to deliver our financial um, advice but actually it's not what the client wants and that's not what he ended up with but the point I thought was really really relevant is he took the time and he said I think there were several iterations of getting it right and it's still probably not there and and they will change it over time but that again is um, how we will evolve the process that, that we're going through um, and one of the things that um, I'm really excited to work on um, at Next Wealth is the um, financial advisor business benchmarking report because it's in that report that you can start to understand what tech people are using but not just what tech they're using how they're using it and how important it is and the relevance to clients as well as all of the other the tech and process that they go through so so to benchmark advisor businesses is quite a hard job because there's so many different versions um, but I'm sure we're going to do a great job at, at that and ask some different questions along the way. Um, Alistair was also great um, because he mentioned one of the roles that he does with his internet um, reaction with clients and helping people on the internet free of charge. He just uses his skills um, and he does what he can for people um, that don't pay for his services. Again, testament to somebody that's really passionate about the industry they work on. He was fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm a big fan. Um, for those of you who'd like to participate in the Financial Advice Business Benchmarks report, um, so anyone working in financial advice businesses is absolutely um, welcome, encouraged to share your views. You can go to our website, nextwealth.co.uk, and there's a link on the if you're on our web browser on the right if you're on your phone it'll be at the bottom um, to sign up to our research panel um, so that you can share your views and input to that to that work which is really really important you talked about the the link between simplification and engagement right and we've all experienced this right mm -hmm. that when something's incredibly complex we switch off and if somebody has the skill to who really understands it and can simplify that it makes a massive difference and our colleague philip was working on a piece, something recently looking at um, communications that are sent out to customers and there was this woman he interviewed who was looking at this report from from a financial institution and it was so funny because he put the document on the video overlaid with her reaction and she said you know ison what the hell's an ison and why do i need that and it was so funny because you get these reports from your you know whatever financial services firms you work with and the gobbledygook that's on these things the names of the funds in your workplace pension i get why they have those names but it is meaningless to the customer it has nothing to do with what they think they've invested in or what their objectives are you know if you look at your annual statement it doesn't match that against your goals and objectives or your to-do list which is you know alistair really focusing on 
what's the client's objective? What are their desired outcomes? How can I help them mm. simplify and communicate in a way they can relate to? And in to? their language. So Absolutely. he really uh, picked that up as well. I thought he was great. Brilliant right. session. Hope lots of people made lots of notes and went back to their businesses and um, and made a change too. Absolutely. And Emma, next year at Next Wealth Live on the 19th of March, if you've not already got that in your diary, Emma will be hosting um, and sharing the next advice session. So make sure you're at that event. Thank Excited. you.